brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I am a modern version of those that have existed in every culture. I am a guide. I take a small group of strangers on a journey of spiritual and personal growth with indigenous cultures in exotic places, only to introduce them to themselves. It can be terrifying to look at our fears, and sometimes even more so to look at our strengths. I take you out into the wild, into the unknown for an inner journey. Hi, this is Inner Journey, and I'm your host, Greg Friedman. Sex, relationships, dream interpretation, or personal growth. We help by taking the wisdom of indigenous elders and making it work for you here and now. I'm a modern version of that which has existed in every culture. A guide, a life coach, a mentor. I've studied and done ceremony with Peruvian shaman, Aborigine elders, and elders from various Native American tribes, including the Yaqui and the Abenaki. The success of this show relies completely on you guys, the listeners. You support us. We appreciate that immensely. This is the time where I normally would ask you to call in, ask those questions that have been nagging at you, and remind you that it only takes the courage to ask. But tonight, we have a pre-recorded show. And we have a pre-recorded show because we have a really spectacular guest. I have a ton of guests on the show that are amazingly wise and insightful, intelligent, and really beautiful communicators. I don't know if I've had any or many that are better than our guest this evening. Tonight, we are honored to have Jack Canfield. Jack has written a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul. Sold over 500 million copies. Okay, that's a great accomplishment. But really, what's fantastic, talking to this man was motivating and enlightening and just amazing. So tonight, you can't call in, but we do appreciate you listening. And this show is going to be spectacular. 
We'll be back with more Inner Journey with Greg Friedman right after this short break.
Podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX 93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. I was in a, a Stone People's Lodge a couple of weeks ago. Most people call it a sweat. And the man leading the ceremony was a Lakota elder named Jack. And Jack said that Takashiwa gave each one of us two things. And he gave those two things to every single person. He gave us laughter and he gave us tears. Tears can be tears of joy or they could be tears of grief or sadness or depression. And laughter can be laughing with great joy and happiness and exuberance. Or we could laugh because we're so overwhelmed and underwater. And like so many things in this world, and like so many things in this world, even laughter, even tears, they don't have an absolute designation. And what I mean is that they are not inherently good or bad. They're expressions, not tears for sadness and laughter for joy, but instead they're expressions of our humanness. And there's no part of us, no part of us that is inherently bad. Our designation, our life is just like laughter and tears. They are us. They are a part of all of us, and they are to be celebrated, just as we are to be celebrated for dancing in this form during this time. So the question isn't so much, do you want to laugh or do you want to cry? But instead, how do you want to laugh or cry? Or more accurately, it's a reflection of how we want to live. How do you want to live? Do you want to judge yourself as good or bad or do you want to live in the glory of who you are as you are? And that means imperfect, in process, and celebrating the divinity of that imperfection, celebrating the divinity of our lives, our own lives. And as always, it's up to us. We are responsible for our lives. We are responsible for the quality of our lives and how our lives affect others. For me, I just want to laugh and I want to cry. I want to grow and learn and get everything out of this life that I can. I want to take a big bite out of this experience and I want to taste all of the flavors that it has to offer. How about you? We'll be back with more Inner Journey with Greg Friedman right after this short break. Sorry. 
Welcome back to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX 93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. Tonight, our guest is Jack Canfield. Jack is best known as America's number one success coach. He's a best-selling author, professional speaker, trainer, entrepreneur. He's probably best known as the creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. That series has sold more than 100 million copies in the U.S. alone and 500 million worldwide in 43 different languages. Just from my short time with Jack, I can tell you that he is insightful, driven, wise, and he's dedicated his life to being of service and helping individuals and the world become happier and more self-satisfied. Welcome to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman, Jack. Oh, I'm really excited to be with you today, Greg, and share everything I know with as many people as possible, and I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. I found a common through line with healers, elders, medicine men, shaman, all kinds of people of service. Almost every single one of them has had some kind of catalytic event that thrust them on their path. Is that true of you as well? Yeah, I would say it is. I um, was a high school teacher teaching in an inner city high school, all black students in Chicago back around 1970, I think. And um, my students weren't that motivated to learn. I was teaching history, which I was passionate about, but uh, they weren't. <laughs> and so I wondered, God, why don't they want to learn this stuff? And I realized after I started to talk to them and research it that they didn't believe they could get out of the ghetto. They didn't see any point in trying because they were black and it was a racist society at that time, especially in Chicago. And so they, they had no role model. They didn't know other people who achieved that. So I began to become more interested in how could I motivate these kids to believe they could do anything. I was successful. I, many of my students are now CEOs of companies and things like that, which they never believed they could have done. But I then met a man named W. Clement Stone, who was a friend of Napoleon Hill's, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, one of the, the all-time success classics. And, so I went and took some workshops at his foundation, eventually met him, and I started teaching my students some of these principles I was learning about setting goals and about believing and how to overcome limiting beliefs and use affirmations, and, and they, they loved it. I, I would have kids who were on suspension, would sneak into school, come to my class and sneak back out again. They didn't want to miss it. And so I was so <laughs> effective at this that uh, the other teachers asked me to start teaching them. Then I became more of a teacher trainer and started training teachers in all the schools around Chicago and eventually all the Midwest and eventually wrote a book about it it's called 100 Ways to Enhance Self-Concept in the Classroom. So that's how it began and how I got into general public and, and, and working with uh, you know private corporations and all that, which I do more of now. I uh, was teaching a workshop and his principal of the school said, uh, my husband's company needs this. And I said, I've never worked in this corporation. I don't know what to do. She said, they're just big kids in suits. Now go over and teach the same things you're teaching. <laughs> so I did. That is more true than it's not, isn't it? I know. It's really true. So that, that was kind of the, 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 the transformation of me. That's a really, really cool story. I don't know if I've ever heard you tell that before. Uh, I don't share it that much because people don't ask me that question that often. But no, it, it's, um, it's how it all started. Well, thank you very much for sharing it with us tonight. Your book, Chicken Soup for the Soul is sold over 500 million copies. That's cr phenomenal crazy. That's really just so amazing. And well, what's more accurate is all the books in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series have sold 500 million. Mm -hmm. But uh, the first book, I think, sold about 20 million in uh, 47 languages. 
And it's just, it took off in a way that, I mean, we were very intentional. and We used a lot of success principles to do what made it work. We interviewed 12 best-selling authors like Ken Blanchard, who wrote The One Minute uh, Manager and people like that. And we asked them, you know, what's, what, what was your secret? And then we looked at all the patterns of what they said. So what was common to everybody? And we went and did that. And then we bought a book called uh, 1001 Ways to Market Your Book. And we literally <laughs> made a post-it. For every way, we put on this long white wall in our office. It was a hallway. Mm-hmm. And we said, we're not going to stop until every post that comes off, meaning we did it. And it took us three years to do that. But uh, it took us about 14 months to hit a bestseller list. Then we went to number one on the New York Times and stayed there for three years. At one point, we had number one, two, and three, all those positions. So it's a matter of you know studying other people who've already achieved what you want to do and then being willing to do it no matter what. Well, and that's the last part is so huge, the being willing to do it no matter what. Mm -hmm. So many people think, I wrote a book, that's the end of it. And the truth is, in a lot of ways, it's just the beginning of it. No, that would be like being a mother saying, well, I gave birth to the baby, you take it from here. (laughs) Uh, It it doesn't work. So birthing a book is a feminine aspect. It's the, uh, you're channeling this energy from your subconscious, from your studies, etc. But once it's born... You have to go out and do the masculine part, which is, you know, push it out into the world in terms of marketing, promotions, radio and television interviews. You know, Scott Peck, who has the longest-running book on the New York Times list, he wrote a book called The Road Less Traveled. Of course. was on for 12 and a half years, that, that one book, 12 and a half years. And I met him, and I asked him what his secret was. He said, I did, did three interviews a day, sometimes 12 in the first year, and then from then on, he did a one-hour interview every day for 12 years. So it's constantly putting that book in front of other people, new people that could possibly buy it. That's a lot of work. But, you know, when you sell, I think he sold, God, I don't know, 10, 20 million copies. So, you know, he made probably $40 million worth the effort. Absolutely. And that's the bottom line is that if you really want what you say you want, then are you willing to put your actions to support that? Yeah, yeah. You have to be willing to pay the price. And I don't care what it is, whether it's – I was watching Keith Urban, the country singer – on American Idol recently, and someone said they were willing to work hard. He says, you've got to work hard. That's a, that doesn't mean anything. You know, you got to have talent. you got to be willing to work hard. He said, I worked my butt off to get where I am. And every successful person I've ever known, they were positive. They believed in themselves. They had talent, many of them, charisma and so forth. But they all worked really hard. And it doesn't mean you have to have a life out of balance, but it does mean you have to put in time and effort to learn. You know, all these books... Um, you know, talk about takes 10,000 hours to master something. Mm-hmm. That's about seven years of an average life, although some new work's coming out that says if you study with a master, you can get there faster. So basically, you know, if I want to be a great motivational speaker, you know, come study with me, come study with Tony Robbins. You'll probably learn more than if you were studying with someone doing a speech class at the University of Michigan. So I think that there's ways to accelerate, but you know, there's no shortcuts for certain things. You have to be willing to pay the price. You want to lose weight, you're going to have to exercise and eat differently. And the same thing is true if you want to get wealthy or if you want to have a great relationship with your spouse. There's a lot of clues out there. John Gray wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, etc. Be willing to read the book and do what it says. And if you do that, you're going to improve. Absolutely. You just dropped so many things on the table that I want to circle around to. Sure, First please. of all, kudos, 1,001 Post-its, and you knocked every single one of them off. Mm-hmm. Again, no easy feat. That takes determination, and that takes a lot more courage than people even recognize. It's true. You know, one of those post-its said, call up all the PX stores on the military bases. They all carry books. Most of them never get sold anything. So we did that. You know, uh, 
they listed all the different radio shows. We sent books to all the producers and said, we'd love to be on your show. We followed up with, by calling and said, did you get the book? Did you read it? Do you need us to send another one? Can you schedule us? In other words, you have to be very intentional. And, um, you know, we, we came across this thing called the Rule of Five. When we first came out, there was this psychic who's a friend of ours, and we said, what should we do to make this book a bestseller? He said, just like a man would go to a tree every day with an ax, I don't care how big the tree is, if he takes five cuts of the ax every day, even the largest redwood would eventually have to come down. And so we did five things every day. Like one day we sent a box of books to the O.J. Simpson jury because they were sequestered. <laughs> they weren't allowed to read magazines. And so, uh, you know, they got the books. Judge Ito sent us back a letter saying thank you for thinking of the jurors. And a couple of days later, all the jurors were walking into court or out of court holding our book, and it became a national news story. You know, we were just doing anything we could to like, just get the book into the hands of people. I remember we, um, when the USS Cole, which is one of our warships, uh, was uh, almost sunk in the Gulf of Oman, mm -hmm. uh, it was towed back to Newport News or Virginia Beach. And we sent copies of a book we'd written called The Unsinkable Soul. It was all stories of people who overcame huge obstacles, didn't sink. And so the next day when they got the books and the men are getting off the ship, there's this one woman hugging her sailor, and she's holding that book. The title's totally clear. It's on the front cover of USA Today in full color. Can't even buy that space. So every day we would think of five unique things we could do, you know, send out five free copies to uh, newspapers to review it, etc. And then we just call up churches and say, how about your minister getting a day off? We'll come and do the, the sermon. We'll base it around chicken soup stories, many of which are based on you know, universal principles, some of which are biblical. And we, all we ask, we can sell the book in the back of the church after it's over. And we would do that. So you just, you just got to keep being creative and keep sticking with it. And as Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues. Just find out someone has already done what you did. Like we put together a program you can study online called The Bestseller Blueprint. And if you're an author and you want to know how to do it, all the information's there. It's a system. Absolutely. I got to tell you, our production coordinator, we always know it's a great show when the hair on his arm stands on end. You're telling me that story about the coal and my hair was standing straight up. Mm. Just an incredible story and so beautiful. Thank you. You're here on Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KX93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach, and we are here tonight with Jack Canfield. We'll be right back after this short break. Into wine. 
Back to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX 93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. Tonight, we are here with Jack Canfield. Jack is probably best known for his book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, and that entire series. But we're also talking about his latest book called The Success Principles. But before we get to that, you were talking about some of the trainings that you do. And if we go to your website we can get all kinds of different trainings that you make available for people. Is that correct? Yeah, we do live trainings. I do a thing called Breakthrough to Success. I just actually finished it about three days ago in Las Vegas. We do one in February usually and one in August. Mm-hmm. And uh, anywhere from 200 to 400 people, we limited it 400 because we want to have it you know, intimate enough that we can handle everything that comes up. And we just have people from about 20 countries, you know, thanks to the Internet, uh, fly in from all over the world to be in that training. We also do a training where we train trainers how to teach this stuff. So let's say you're in a nonprofit or a church or a profitable company or a school and you want to teach these success principles, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, we actually have a training that teaches people to do that. It's two live week, a week long, twice a year, so it's 14 days. Wow. So we just finished an online version of that, which we're launching on March 1st. So people that can't afford that time off or can't afford the larger fee for the live training or that can't get a, a, a visa from Iran or Nigeria or you know, Sudan or something, mm-hmm. uh, people that can't afford to fly from those places, can now learn how to teach these principles wherever they are. So that I'm really excited about. We set a goal to train one million people to teach these principles by the year 2030. And uh, we, we believe we can pull that off. We've done the math. We see how to do it. And 
we want to, if we have a million people teaching this, literally within 20 more years, we could teach it to every single person on the planet. You're so, actually literally speaking about changing the world one person at a time. Yeah. When we did Chicken Soup, it was called Changing the World One Story at a Time. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about changing with success principles one person at a time, one trainer at a time. Um, absolutely. That's huge. And that's just gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. You are absolutely welcome. We're here tonight on Inner Journey with Greg Friedman, and we're speaking with Jack Canfield. Jack, if people want to find out more about your books or more about some of the workshops that you make available, how would they go about doing that? Well, if they want to find out about the workshops, we have a lot of audio and video uh, home study programs as well on self-esteem, on success. Uh, They can go to jackcanfield.com, just J-A-C-K, Canfield, C-A-N-F-I-E-L-D.com, Canfield. And if they want to get a copy of the new 10th anniversary revised edition of the Success Principles, which we'll talk about, they can go to the successprinciplesbook.com. And when they do that, you'll then order it through Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. But what you get in addition is you'll be able to download the first two chapters of the book before it even gets mailed to you. Uh, there's an hour-long uh, video training of me teaching people how to set goals and achieve them. And then there's an hour-and-a-half audio of me talking about answering the most commonly asked questions about these principles. Plus, there's an instant cash, um, instant income business planner. So the person helped me write the book is a woman named Janet Schweitzer. She's a wonderful um, writer. And she also teaches small business people how to get instant income out of your business. So you'll get that as well. If I went to your website and I wanted to, and I'm a complete novice and I wanted to begin with a workshop, what workshop would you recommend me starting with and why? Well, live workshop, I would recommend taking the success principle. It's called Breakthrough to Success, but that's where we teach the principles. But we teach them. It's not a lecture. They're experiences. Every principle, there's an exercise that goes with it, that at the end of that exercise, which could be 20 minutes, it could be an hour long, you, it velcros to your subconscious mind. You know, we learn more from experience than we do from reading a book. Anyone who's ever raised a child knows you learn more from the experience of raising that first child than you did from any book you ever read about it. Uh, but books are useful. They give you guidance. They can so the, our book it transform many many lives. But if you come and take the training live, it's extraordinary what occurs for people. Everyone says like it's the week that changed my life. They come back and they bring their kids. They bring their whole staff. We had one man bring his entire company of 12 people to this last training. Now he's hiring me to come to um, Chicago and work with 65 of his uh, associate employees. So basically, it is life changing. I would start with that. If you can't afford a training. I would basically, we have two audio uh, DVD programs, or CD programs, rather. Uh, one's called Maximum Confidence, and there's called uh, uh, Self-Esteem and Peak Performance. They're six-hour audio programs, and you can listen to them in your car or on your computer. And it, it talks about all the principles in a very deep and entertaining way, because a lot of stories that are really moving and inspirational. Excellent. And once again, all of that information you could find out at jackcanfield.com, correct? Yes. We're going to be right back with more Inner Journey with Greg Friedman and Jack Canfield after this quick turnaround.
something to my life and oh and I really you didn't understand my simple moral it ended in nothing but silly silly quarrel silly silly quarrel Back to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX 93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. Tonight, we are here with Jack Canfield. Jack 
is probably best known for his book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, and that entire series. But we're also talking about his latest book called The Success Principles. It's a re-release. It's got new principles in it. And I got to tell you, just talking to him for a little bit, it really is full of amazingly simple, absolutely achievable concepts that you can use, that you can do to make your life better, happier, and more successful. The Success Principles is being re-released in its 10th year, I believe. Is that correct? It's a 10th anniversary, totally revised and updated version. Okay, so what inspired you to do this? Why now? And what are the bones of this book? Tell us a little bit about the success principles, if you will. Sure. Well, the first book was inspired by me just getting tired of the chickens. I got to a point where inspirational stories, I was bored by them for a while. I'd read so many, and I just was like, I need to do something else. And I thought, here I am. I'm making 6 to $8 million a year. I'm, you know, world famous and all that, and a happy marriage. Kids are doing well, nice home, all that. So I said, how can I pay this forward? What can I do that would make a difference? And I had been studying success and applying those principles and teaching them in some of my live workshops since the 1970s. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to put all this in a book, make it available, you know, make it a paperback uh, so people can afford it. So the book's about $15 on Amazon, maybe 20 if you buy it in a normal bookstore. And so I spent a year and a half writing this book. It's a magnus opus of my life. And I uh, started with 114 principles. Uh, my publisher said, no way, way too many. And, uh, you know, seven habits of highly effective people. Can't you do that? I said, no. It's like picking which of uh, your organs you're going to keep. You only can keep three. And then, you know, like your heart, your lungs, and your brain. But what about your kidneys and your liver? You'll die. So we finally got it down to 63 in the first book and um, got it out there and just, you know, sold 750,000 copies in 47 languages around the world. And it was amazing, the feedback we got. And so... Uh, this year we decided to update it because there was the Internet now, which was not as prominent back then, 2005. Mm-hmm. We have crowdsourcing, crowdfunding sites, you know, like you can, you can go to youfunded.com or kickstarter.com. People raise, you know, millions of dollars that they couldn't have raised otherwise in small, you know, units for people. Uh, the Internet in terms of uh, YouTube and TED Talks and people have YouTube channels and how do you, how do you manage all of that? How do you build an online persona? Uh, how do you make sure you don't get overwhelmed by the technology? It's another problem. People have become drowned, drowning in the technology. They don't let the digital age overwhelm you. So there's that. We also did a chapter on leadership, and we did a chapter on networking that we didn't have in there before. But the basis of the book, Greg, is that there, there's 25 of these principles, or 64 or 67 now in the new book, Principles. But the first 25 are what really makes a difference in terms of your life. And so it's a system. And I'd be glad to kind of walk you through that if you like. But Absolutely. Just... But I want to begin because you you just honed it down to the next place I was going to go. go. Go ahead. The very first principle is one of my absolute favorites and one that I see people almost literally run in terror from. <laughs> True. The first principle, I love. It's, it's just personal responsibility. And people think of equate responsibility and blame or responsibility and fault. And they're dramatically different things. Can you tell me about why you chose that as the first principle? And yes. your understanding or your expression of responsibility, please. 
Well, basically, you know, the word responsible means uh, able, able to respond, responsibility, ability to respond. And so basically what happens is I have a formula in the first chapter of the book which says E plus R equals O. There's events in your life, that's the E. You then respond to that event by what you think, say, or do, or imagine, and then you get an outcome. And the outcomes are what people are always complaining about. I used to be a psychotherapist about 30 years ago. And people would come in and they'd talk about, I'm overweight, my relationship doesn't work, I just got fired, I'm not happy. These are all outcomes of how they responded to an earlier event. You know, I can tell someone, on, when I do presentations, I'll go up to some woman in the first row and say, you know, uh, you, you have to be the biggest jerk and idiot I ever met after having a million people li in live audiences. And then I say to the audience, how many people think that would lower her self-esteem? And almost every hand goes up. Mm -hmm. Then I say, well, you, you, you failed the first pop quiz on E plus R equals O. It's not what I say to Jennifer. It's what Jennifer says to Jennifer when Jack stops talking. She could say, my God, he's only known me 10 minutes. How did he figure it out so fast? Which means her self-esteem would cut down. Or she could say, he has a perceptual handicap. He doesn't see talent. Or he, she could say, hey, he picked me because I have a good sense of humor. I'm attractive. He's... Maybe he's got a little crush on me. He knows I can take some teasing, etc. And then her self-esteem goes up. Mm -hmm. So it's not any out, outside event. The recession, getting fired, being diagnosed with a critical illness, a divorce. All those are just events. And you see some people that respond to them in a very positive way. I just saw a woman who was in the Newtown, you know, parent of a Newtown child that was killed in the uh, slaying there for the elementary school. Mm -hmm. And she was in total love and forgiveness and very happy. I met another person from there who was absolutely still in total grief and depression. Now, it's the same event. They, 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 they thought different thoughts. They reframed it differently in their mind. They did different processes to get through the grief or not faster. So, obviously, it can't be the, the event that's causing the issue because people have different outcomes from those same issues. So we have to learn to think differently. We have to learn to visualize positive outcomes instead of negative outcomes. All fear is created by imagining something bad happening that hasn't happened yet. We can replace that with a positive image. And then we also have to change what we do, what we say, learn new skills, learn how to appreciate people, learn how to uh, reject rejection, learn how to persevere in the face of failure and obstacles, learn how to communicate better, learn how to ask for what we want. So basically, I take the point of view, you are 100% responsible. But even if you don't believe it, just act as if it were true for a year. See what happens. Everyone who's ever done that, their life magically changes. You know, if an airplane lands on your studio and kills you, did you create that? Probably not. But if you act as if everything that happens to you and doesn't work out, you say, well, how did I create, promote, or allow that? You know, women that get beat up all the time by their husbands, they keep going back. Or they're allowing it to continue. Mm -hmm. People that are married to alcoholics are buying the beer for their husband that then gets mad at them and beats them when they're drunk. So we're participating normally. So you just look to see, did I do anything? Because if I can see it, then I don't have to keep repeating it. If I created it, I can uncreate it and recreate it. But if I act like I'm a victim and pretend that it's the events that are determining my life, not my response, I'm going to be stuck forever, and you'll never grow. And so it's the underlying foundational principle of the whole book. That's absolutely amazing. That's why it's one of my faves, too. I just mm -hmm. It's so core to our entire beings, our entire happiness. I run into so many people that, okay, they've taken the evolutionary step, if you would, to say... I can recognize that I'm responsible for this. But then they just circle back around and do it again and do it again. Do you have any suggestions for them how to shift the dynamic, make a different choice, and still a new sure. pattern? 
Yeah, you know, growth is awareness plus risk-taking. So first you have to be aware that you're doing something that doesn't work. And then you also have to look at, well, what could work better? That's where reading, listening to seminars, listening to your radio show, etc. these are the things that people have to do in order to grow. And so I can't change something I'm not aware of. If I'm not aware I'm standing on your foot, I have no motivation to get off. But if I realize I'm doing something, this is where working with a coach, working with a therapist, working with a counselor, reading a self-help book, reflects back to you some of the things that aren't working and some things you can try to do that work. The other thing is to have what we call an accountability partner. An accountability partner is someone you would call once a day, usually for five minutes. They're going to get value and you're going to get value. So if you were my accountability partner, Greg, I would call you maybe at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, I would tell you the five things I'm going to do today to achieve my goals. You would tell me what your five are. And then we might talk for a couple more minutes about what's going on, what's not working, et cetera. We would coach each other and maybe say, yeah, you ought to read this book or have you tried this? And what happens now, I've got a sounding board for what's working, what's holding me accountable to the things I need to do. Uh, I was just on a show recently. It was all about solo entrepreneurs. And today, most people are solo entrepreneurs. They're an accountant. They're a coach. Uh, they're a massage therapist. They're, you know, a repair person. And, you know, they, they don't have a boss. And when we don't have a boss, we tend to do the easy things and avoid the hard things. And so we have to find some way to force ourselves to do the hard things. And for most people, just writing, you know, your New Year's resolutions doesn't work. We all know that. But if I have a coach or an accountability partner or a mastermind group of maybe four or five people that get together once a week and talk about it, then there's nowhere to escape to. You know, you just you just have to deal with it eventually. Absolutely. I can personally attest to that. When I was training for triathlons, I had a accountability partner. I'd email him what I worked out every mm-hmm. single day. And those days where you go, I don't want to work out. And then you think about having to make that email that said, hey, it didn't work out. Well, exactly. you, don't, you don't always make a different choice, but it certainly gets a little bit more consideration, a little bit more weight that way. Yeah, and if you can find a partner, in your case, someone else training for the triathlon, you would train together every day and know that he's going to be or she's going to be down in front of your door at 630 in the morning waiting for you. That makes it even more likely you're going to do it. And so you could find somebody um, – you know, I was just working with a guy who owns a snow plow company in Chicago, mm-hmm. and he has 65 people that work for him that you know, plow driveways, parking lots, and so forth. And he first read my book. He was doing a million and a half a year. He started a book club within his company, and he said, yeah, average about 15 people a year. And they, they, work, they go through all the chapters of the book one by one for a whole year. He said every one of those people have doubled and tripled their income. They've gone up in terms of... Uh, you know, rank orders in the company in terms of, you know, administrative sales jobs, whatever. And the guys who are out driving the plows, you know, they're getting more business and so forth. So basically, if you find a group of people and you commit to work together, like you're on a team and you have a coach, um, then it's, it's easy to do. It's, it's hard to do on your own. We're, we tend to do the easy thing. We tend to sleep in bed and hit the snooze alarm five times. But if you know someone's going to be calling you on it, it's it's much easier to get out of bed and do it. Yeah, it's that reflection. It's that mirror being held up. Which mm-hmm. which reflection do you want to see when you see yourself in the mirror? Absolutely. And we'll be right back with more Jack Canfield and Inner Journey with Greg Friedman after this short break.
Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX93.5 FM. And I have the extreme pleasure of spending some time with Jack Canfield tonight. You were talking about having over 100 principles originally. How the heck did you cut out about 40-odd principles? It seems like, again, like going, all right, these are my children I'm going to give away. Well, that's exactly it. I thought it was like killing children because I'd already written a lot of it, you know. And by, by some we combined, you know, we put things and combined two things in a chapter to kind of were the same thing, like having a coach and an accountability partner and a mastermind group. You can put all that in one place. Uh, but generally, I've got about 15 chapters, 30 chapters, something like that. I'm going to call them the lost chapters and publish them someday. You know, like the... Um, Good, I was the, hoping you were going to say that. Yeah, like the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, <laughs> we'll get them out there. But I have a chapter that I didn't make in a book called uh, Sleep Your Way to the Top. And it wasn't about the casting couch, but it was about the idea that most people in America are sleep-deprived. And um, there's some research I worked with, a guy at Cornell who is a uh, sleep researcher. And it turns out that two things are really critical. After the, the, the long, short-term memory turns into long-term memory, somewhere between the six and a half and the eighth hour of sleep. <laughs> and your HGH, which is your human growth hormone, kicks in, usually between 6.30, you know, six and a half hours of sleep and eight hours. So when you're not getting that sleep, you're sleeping five hours because you're on the internet all night long, or you're, you know, doing couch, you're surfing the net or whatever, playing video games or watching a movie. What happens is, or even working for that. Matter. Even working, yeah, exactly. And we know that the longer you work, the more your productivity goes down. Right. Uh, and so basically, uh, you're not getting that. You're aging faster, and you're not using the best hours of your day. And uh, the, the, the other thing he found was that that he, he did a study at Cornell that trying to find what's the difference between 4.0 students and 3.0 students, hmm. like the difference A and B students. And right. he found out that 4.0 students almost invariably got eight hours sleep every night. And the rest of them did, they were partying with their fraternity or sorority or staying up, you know, whatever. And so um, the other thing they did, they took copious notes and they reviewed their notes the same day. Now, I graduated from Harvard, which sounds good, but I graduated from the half of the class that made the top half possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> what happened is that I would take my notes, and I'd throw my notebook on the chair, and I'd look at it again on Wednesday and again on Friday. I'd take it. I wouldn't review it. I'd just take more notes. Then when the exam period came, I would try to read my notes, half of which I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the four-point of students reviewed what they learned every day. So if you're reading a book, like a self-help book, go back and read your underline before you go to bed. And that then helps it go from short-term memory to long-term memory, as well as the sleep. So That's uh, a great tool. That's an excellent tool. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. I just couldn't put it all in one book because the book was going to get too thick. And before I so rudely interrupted you, you were talking about the first 10 principles and maybe going through those a little bit. Sure. Well, we talked about take 100% responsibility. Number two is be clear why you're here, which means determine what your life purpose is. Most people, we're all born with a life purpose, something we're meant to do. But most people don't know what it is. And there are some wonderful techniques I have in the book 
One of them is a paper and pencil little test you can take. There's something called a joy review where you just go back and review all the happiest times in your life. You start to see patterns. I have a story in there about a woman named Julie Lapley who was going to Ohio State University. She thought she wanted to be a veterinarian because she loved animals. Everyone said, oh, you need to be a veterinarian. So she's studying things she didn't like that much, like biochemistry and physiology and anatomy and all that. And she hated it. So she said, I, I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to spend a day. When was I happiest? And she realized when she was happiest was when she was teaching, when she was in a leadership position or teaching leadership. So Girl Scouts, uh, high school student council, student body president, going to leadership conferences like, you know, the student body presidents from all over the state would go to Ohio State and spend a week in the summer, et cetera. And so she decided to major in leadership, and then there was no major in leadership. So she went to Ohio State University, the dean, and said, can we create a course, you know, a course of study where I could take, like, psychology and influence and speaking and so forth, and I can become a leader. So they let her do it. It took her five years to graduate. Mm-hmm. And at 26, she was teaching leaders in the Pentagon how to be better leaders. Wow. Now she has a leadership foundation teaching young girls in high school and college how to become leaders, empowering women. So by doing that joy review, she discovered what it was that really gave her the greatest amount of fulfillment, and then she was able to focus on that. Most people never take the time to do that. And there's a couple of other techniques in that chapter. Then the next chapter is decide what you want. You can't, the, the subtitle of the book is How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. So if I call up a travel agent and say, I want to take a vacation, what's the first thing they're going to ask me? Where do you want to go? Exactly. How long do you want to stay there? How much money can you spend, and when do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. Without that information, they can't help me. But we have to create a vision for our life. We look at seven areas of your life to create a vision for a job, finance, relationships, health and fitness, fun and recreation, philanthropy, and so forth. And then... We talk about beliefs. How do you get rid of your negative beliefs and your pos- and replace them with positive beliefs? We have this new technique called tapping, EFT, mm-hmm. which allows people to do that very quickly. We can get rid of most fears in about seven to eight minutes using this new technology where you tap on acupuncture points. And I talk about all that and teach people how to do it in the book. Then we go to setting Wait, goals. Before you go to the next one, sure. if time. people want to get a hold of this book, the book is called The Success Principles, or get a hold of you, find out some more about the workshops, how would they go about doing that? Well, to find out more about me and my workshops and all of our audio programs and other books and things, go to jackcanfield.com. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get the best deal on the book, go to The Success Principles Book. The Success Principles book at pluralprinciplesbook.com. And you'll be able then to buy the book through Amazon or, or Barnes & Noble from that place. But you'll also be able to download a, um, a free, uh, the first two chapters of the book, so you can start reading it before it ever gets there. And then you'll get an audio program of me answering the most commonly asked questions about the principles. And then a video program you can download of me teaching about how to set goals and achieve them. It's about a 90-minute video. And then you'll also get a, uh, another bonus called Instant Income Business Planner for small business owners and solo entrepreneurs and so forth by Janet Schweitzer, who's a woman who helped me write the book. She's an amazing um, writer, so I always have her work with me. But she's written a book called Instant Income. So you know, I was goofing around last time you were talking about all this stuff, but that's a heck of a deal, man. It's... Think about it, $15. And the deal I make with people is this. If you don't like the book, if for any reason, send it to me, and I will pay. I'll write you a check for fifteen dollars. You cannot lose. Um, I've never had anyone take me up on that. 
But if they do, I will write a check as fast as it comes in. It'll go out. Yeah, there is absolutely no way to lose. And there's a ton of stuff for you getting for 15 bucks. It's a heck mm-hmm. of a deal. We're going to be right back with more Inner Journey with Greg Friedman and Jack Canfield after this quick turnaround.
KX93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. 
Inner Journey with Greg Friedman from 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday evenings. I am a modern version of those that have existed in every culture. I am a guide. I take a small group of strangers on a journey of spiritual and personal growth with indigenous cultures in exotic places, only to introduce them to themselves. It can be terrifying to look at our fears, and sometimes even more so to look at our strengths. I take you out into the wild, into the unknown, for an inner journey. Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. This is one of those shows that if you missed the first hour, you absolutely have to go back and listen to the podcast. Jack Canfield is wise and fascinating and entertaining. Jack, welcome back to Inner Journey. Thank you. All right. What number were we up to before I so rudely interrupted you once again? No, it's fine. I'm glad you interrupted me. Um, we're up to number seven. It says, unleash the power of goal setting. You've got to turn your vision into goals. See, I want to live on the oceans of nice intention, but I will own a 4,000-square-foot house on Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu, California, by June 15, 2018, at 5 p.m. That's a goal. So we teach people how to set measurable goals that can be, that can be tracked. We always say the goal has to be visible by you and somebody else. So if I say I want a better relationship with my wife, how do I measure that? Well, it could be on a scale of 1 to 10, my wife will rate it as a 9. Or it could be every Wednesday we're going to sit knee to knee, eye to eye, and I will say to my wife, tell me more. That's all I'm going to say. Joel, oh, that's great. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Women love that, by the way, according to John Gray, and I tried it, and it works. Uh, but the reality is you, you can measure that. You can come with a stopwatch for one hour and measure it. So you have to set it in a way that it's measurable. The next thing is to chunk it down into baby steps. So what can I do by next week, the following week, the following week, the following week, so we can take steps and get there. And then I have a chapter called Success Leaves Clues. Who else has already achieved what you want to achieve? So you can go there. They have books. They have audio programs. They've done a TED Talk. They're on YouTube. Or you can take a seminar with them. So there's nothing except like maybe the first time we go to the moon that hasn't been done by somebody that's left a, a track record of how to do it. The next chapter is called Release the Brakes, which means you ever driven with your emergency brake on and then all of a sudden you realize it? Well, I always tell people, don't just push harder on the gas, release the brakes. So we have a lot of brakes in our mind, which are fears, self-doubts, limiting beliefs. Most of them come from childhood, something that happened between the ages of three and eight, where we made a decision about ourselves, about life, about, about you know, our ability to act as a, you know athlete, school, etc. So we now have technology, using affirmations and using tapping, we can undermine all that and use affirmations to talk about having it already. So let's say my goal is to have a house in Maui. So I would every day do two things. I would close my eyes and I would say, I'm so happy and grateful that I'm now living in a beautiful home overlooking Ka'anapali Bay in Maui. And then I would visualize what I would see as I look out of my eyes if I was actually sitting on the lanai of that wonderful house in, in Maui or see myself receiving my Ph.D. degree, or having the one millionth person write me a letter saying they love my book. So you do that. Then you have to take action. And there's two kinds of action. 
There's obvious actions. You want to be a doctor? Got to go to medical school. There's inspired actions where you just wake up and all of a sudden you go, oh, I don't know why, but I think I should call my brother today. Then you call him and he says, oh, by the way, Pam and I are thinking about buying a house in Hawaii. Would you like to go in on us with us? So it's like you've got to be willing to follow those little inspirations, how weird they are, like going to a different Starbucks today or getting off the freeway early or whatever. There's a kind of like a high self that can see from a higher level than you can, that like the eye in the sky helicopter on a radio show that sees there's an accident up a mile ahead. So it can guide you. But we have to be willing to listen to our inner voice and follow those. That, that is huge. Absolutely huge. You hear so many people speak about intellectual ways to approach all of this. But mm-hmm. you're not just talking about intellectual. You're also talking about a higher intelligence and incorporating learning to trust that and follow that. That's rare. Well, you know, it's been the secret of my success. I mean, Chicken Soup for the Soul came about because I started getting these inspirations. I should put all these stories in a book. And no one had ever done a book like that. Um, when we tried to sell it, we had 144 publishers reject the book over the course of a year. Can you say that again? Because there are so many people that need to hear your great success and that you were willing to be rejected that many times. Yeah, well, one of the chapters in the book is called Reject Rejection. And one of my favorite quotes ever is by a woman named uh, Barbara Kingsolver, who's a novelist who wrote the Poisonwood Bible, great book. Mm-hmm. And I met her at a writer's conference, and she spoke there. And what she said was, and I quoted her in my book, is uh, when your manuscript comes back rejected, it doesn't mean your book is no good. It means the editor who will love your book does not live at this address. And so basically, I, we took that position that someone was going to publish it. And it was just a matter of numbers, you know, and we just keep pumping away at it. We would have self-published it if we had to, but I didn't really want to be a publisher. I wanted to be an author and a a trainer and a speaker. But, uh, yeah, 144 rejections, uh, 22 of them in New York in meetings and the rest by mail. And then the 145th person said, we'll read it. We'll look at it. Many people wouldn't even take the time to look at it. They thought it was a stupid title. No one reads collections of short stories. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't urbane, like the Fifty Shades of Grey and all that. So uh, they read it, they called us and said, okay, we love it, we're going to publish it. We said, how many copies do you think you'll sell? He said, 20,000 copies. I said, that's not our vision. We want to sell 150,000 by Christmas and a million and a half in a year and a half. And he laughed at us out loud on the phone, our publisher. He said, you guys are crazy. We said, no, we're visionaries, we're entrepreneurs, we believe we can make this happen. And we sold 1.3 million in a year and a half, and that book went on to sell over 10 million in the U.S. and created a you know, a series of books with 200-plus books in it now. And those stories cannot be told enough. Just because somebody is saying no doesn't mean that you're wrong or you're bad. It means that you need to find the appropriate place to express this. Exactly, exactly. You know, the, the, the book that led to the movie TV show MASH was rejected by 22 publishers. Um, Dr. Seuss, his first book, was rejected by 27 publishers and didn't come out until later when he published his first Dr. Seuss book. Um, and, you know, I could tell you story after story after story like that. There are just so many of them. And, you know, the Beatles couldn't get a recording contract. Elvis Presley was told he couldn't sing. Uh, Clint Eastwood was told you'll never be an actor because your Adam's apple's too big. You know, I mean, it was just like <laughs> insane stuff. Yeah, Colonel Sanders was rejected, I think, thousands of times, literally. Yeah, I think it was 1,011 or something like that. And uh, I actually spoke to the KFC... Uh, franchise owners a couple of years ago and, and some of them didn't even know the story it's funny wow but yeah imagine a thousand times being rejected and not giving up 
I believe that the universe tests our commitment, you know, like how much are you willing to do? And then once you pass that test, things start to unfold at a very rapid rate. But you have to be willing, you have to be passionate about it, committed to it, not just doing it for the money, but because you can't not not do it. Someone once said, how do you know if you're a writer? Well, if you can't not not write, you know, you just have to do it. And so... Um, I understand what you're saying. Can you just break that down a little bit more slowly for our listeners, please? Yeah, what happens is, you know, someone, you say, well, I want to be a singer. Well, how do you know? I mean, you look at someone like, um, um, what's her name, uh, Swift, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I mean, she started singing when she was three. She got her parents to take her to Nashville when she was six. And if you look at any singer, it's almost the same story over and over and over. They just couldn't not sing. They would sing in the church choir. They would sing for free. They would sing at birthday parties. They would sing in the shower. They would drive their parents crazy because they had to sing. So what is that thing? That you just you, you get you're so excited to do it. You know, we talked about finding your life purpose. Well, it's that joy. You know, for me, I love to teach. I was teaching when I was younger. I was teaching kids to ride their bicycles. I was teaching. I became a leader in my Boy Scout troop. I was a leader in the school I went to. I just was always teaching. And so, for me to become a high school teacher originally, and then to go from that to teaching teachers, and then teaching college, and then eventually teaching the general public. Which is the normal thing to do. You're here on Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KX93.5 FM, community-supported radio. And we are here tonight with Jack Canfield. We'll be right back after this short break. My altars of faith, notes of loving. And my wisdom is graced in the notes of loving. My words and songs, they shape my notes my notes, my notes of loving. Out of the clouds, into your mind, there'll be a rainbow all the time. Out of the clouds, into your mind, there'll be a rainbow all the time. Out of the clouds, into your mind, there'll be a rainbow all the time. Out of the clouds, into your mind, there'll be a rainbow all the time. Do ya, do ya, do yourself a favor. Do ya, do ya, do yourself a favor. Do ya, do ya, do yourself a favor. Tell somebody you love them. Tell somebody you need them. Tell somebody you want them. And you will find, oh, you got the time. You will find, oh, the feeling's so fine. Stop, do ya, do ya, do yourself a favor. Do ya, do ya, do yourself a favor. You will find, oh, you got the time. You will find, oh, the feeling's so fine. Start by doing yourself, just doing yourself. Yourself a favor Cause we moving, moving, moving on up Cause we're moving, moving, moving on up We're moving, moving, moving on up By doing ourselves, doing, doing ourselves, doing ourselves Baby, 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 tell somebody you love them. Tell 
somebody you want down And you will find Oh, you got the time Oh, you will mind Oh, the pin is on fire Not mine Do ya, do ya Do yourself a favor 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 In your mind There'll be a rainbow all the time In your mind There'll be a rainbow all the time All the time Back to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX 93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. Tonight, we are here with Jack Canfield. Jack is probably best known for his book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, and that entire series. However, he's not only sharing his wisdom that was found in that book and so many other places, but we're also talking about his latest book called The Success Principles. I remember hearing this story about a woman whose son was playing the violin all the time. She said, you need to go outside and play. And so she looks outside about 10 minutes later. He's outside with some girl down the block, and they're playing duets under a tree. You know, it's like, it's just what he wanted to do. There are kids who, like, they, they play video games all day long, and their parents think it's terrible. Then you go into the Army, and if you try to drive a tank or a plane, it's like a video game. Mm-hmm. And so they're learning skills in terms of timing and reaction and, and, and um, you know, solving problems and getting to the next level. So... I mean, obviously, some people can get trapped into that, but I mean, I think a lot of times we, we, we judge things that are the things that you know become the best thing. This woman that started TV Digest, where all the soap operas she summarizes them for people who couldn't watch that week. Okay. She was just watching TV all day long, and someone said, "Well, how could you make a living out of that?" She said, "Well, all my neighbors keep asking me what happened on you know as the world turns or whatever," and so I realized people want to know. So now it's, you go to the supermarket, it's checkout counter, and everyone buys it. What you're talking about is finding your dharmic path, living in your passion, and then once you once you do find it, don't use any excuse, any justification, any story as a reason not to live it. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all have that dharmic path, what the Hawaiians call your kuleana, your right livelihood. And you know, what Thomas Edison once said, "When your vocation feels like a vacation, you have arrived." So. So many people are living in jobs they hate just to make the money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my staff, for instance, one of our principles is, you know, find your unique talent and ability and, and build a business around it or build a job around it. If my staff comes to me and I ask them to do something, say, I don't want to do it. I say, well, then don't. I don't want someone who doesn't want to do it doing it. It's just going to bring negative energy to it. Let's find someone who does want to do it. My accountant loves to do numbers. I hate numbers. If the bank says I'm off by $10, the bank wins, we're done. Hers, if it's off by 20 cents, she'll spend a half a day finding the 20 cents where it's wrong. And then she has like an orgasm when she does it. You know I mean? She's so happy. So that's what we all need to do is find what's the thing. And there are people who love to be mechanics. 
There are people who love to solve problems and fix computers and people who love to cook food and people who love to drive buses. I mean, you know, it's like find the thing you love and then ask yourself. There's a woman in Hawaii who loves to surf. Mm-hmm. I read about her in the newspaper. She figured out, how can I make a living surfing? And so what she does is she brings corporate executives, women only, who are in the C-suite, you know, like CEO, chief information officer, chief operations officer, et cetera, and she brings them to Hawaii. She charges like $4,000 for the week, and she teaches these women how to surf. And what she says is how they surf is how they lead. Some people wait too long for the wave, so they're waiting for too much information before they start. Some people get on the front of the board too far, so they're, they're always in the future too much, or they're too far back on the board, they're, they're, you know, whatever. And that's, it's a metaphor for how they lead. So corporations pay, and she's in her bikini all day long, teaching people to surf out on the water, having fun, getting a tan, and she gets paid serious money to do it. Yeah, and that's amazing. But something else that you said a second ago I find incredibly poignant, incredibly important. You were talking about somebody on your staff saying to you, oh, I don't want to do this, and you saying to them, well, then don't do it. That's so incredibly important that you're going to allow something not to be done rather than be done with the energy of ich attached to it. Yeah, well, we get it done. We find someone who wants to do it. But, uh, you know, I go into corporations and I do this training, uh, Breakthrough to Success, and they're all afraid when I talk about this that half their staff's going to leave because they're not happy. Well, the truth is, most of them stay. But the ones who leave, I always tell the owners, you know, do you really want someone working that job who doesn't love it? Someone in customer service who sees every call as an imposition? Someone, you know, that's in development, being bummed out, and not really being excited about coming up with a new solution? Uh, and the answer is no. You know, you really don't. You want people that love their job. Because when people love their job, it comes through. You go to Zappos, for instance, and uh, Tony Shays started this company selling shoes online. And his people, normally in a company when you're a telephone, you know, where people are making orders or calling in and you know, complaining about things, you have a time limit. And it's controlled by the computer. You're supposed to get off that call so another call can come in. At Zappos, you can talk to anyone about anything as long as you want to. So I think their longest call is six hours. Somebody's <laughs> really lonely. But, but this woman buys everything from Zappos now. Why? Because she feels cared about. And so customer service comes from caring not from a formula, but from really caring about people and doing what you love. So those people on the phone are having a hell of a good time and doing a good time, and they, they all party there. They have parades down the middle of the aisle, you know. In the middle of the day, they stop, and, you know, if you're not an alcoholic, they drink alcohol like at 3 o'clock and just have a party, and everyone loves working there because it's fun. We'll be back with more Jack Canfield and Inner Journey right after this song. Inner Journey guiding you on an adventure of spiritual and personal growth, helping you realize and make real the life of your choosing. KX93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. Inner Journey with Greg Friedman, from 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday evenings.
Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX 93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. You can catch us on cocreatorradionetwork.com, and if you want to find out more about life coaching or journeys all over the world, go to gregfriedman.com and give us a like on Facebook. We truly, truly appreciate it when you guys do that. Facebook, we are Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. What I hear you speaking about is encouraging authenticity, and that's gorgeous. No, authenticity is really cool, and my wife, her two main qualities are authenticity and spontaneity, minor love and joy. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot from her just about to be real, to tell the truth faster, to not pretend you're liking something you're not, not pretend you're enjoying a conversation when you're not. And um, one of my chapters is called Tell the Truth Faster. And when we tell the truth faster about whatever, um, what happens is it can be uncomfortable at first, but it always works out better in the end. And uh, the nice thing about authenticity, you don't have to rehearse to be yourself. Mm-hmm. You can just be yourself. Dude, and um, I, I have a little self-hypnotic thing I do in my seminars where I'm, I'm telling people life is a come-as-you-are party. And uh, just come as you are. And then I'll say, you could be yourself or you could just be yourself. Or if you don't want to do that, just be yourself. And what happens is it goes straight into the unconscious in this weird way and gives people permission. My wife's life purpose is to give people permission to be who they are by demonstrating what that looks like. What a gorgeous life purpose. How beautiful is that? There's so many things I want to get to. The book, again, is called The Success Principles, and you've got a rocking little deal going now. Can you run us through that one more time, if you don't mind? Sure. If you go to thesuccessprinciplesbook.com, dot com. Uh, there you'll be able to order the book through Amazon or uh, Barnes and Noble. And then you'll also get uh, a bonus called How to Create a Life of Significance. It's an online video program, step-by-step process to plan your life and live with intention. Uh, bonus number two is Ask Jack Canfield. Uh, it's a newly compiled audio training where I answer the most popular questions I've been asked about applying the concepts in the book. Bonus three is you get a Daily Disciplines for Success poster. Uh, there's certain disciplines you need to do every day. You can put that on your refrigerator or your bathroom mirror. It shows you how to incorporate them into your life to ensure all your goals get met. Bonus number four is the first two chapters of the book. You can download them immediately so you don't have to wait for the book to come in the mail. And bonus number five is called the Instant Income Business Planner. And it's a new strategy guide for small business owners from my co-author and real great business strategist, Janet Schweitzer. So literally, that, th- those bonuses are worth over $100 if you were to buy all those things separately. And you get them for free just by buying the book, which costs about $15. Yeah, you said not only that. The, the book costs about 15 bucks, but you also offer, if anybody doesn't like the book for any reason, mm-hmm. send it back. You'll write them a check. Yeah, I don't care if it's four years from now and you need $15 really badly. Just send the book back, and I'll write you, I'll write you a check. The book, again, is called The Success Principles, and it has 67 principles in it. Now, a lot of times people hear that, and they get a little bit overwhelmed or intimidated. Can you, because I know how incredibly accessible and simple and realizable you made this. Can you help our listeners understand that as well? Well, every chapter I've written has a personal story, either of my own or somebody who read the first book. Um, You know, so you you just can relate to it because we're story people. We relate to stories. You know, John Caleb was in the Manila when I did a workshop there, and he interviewed me for a newspaper. I asked him at the end how long he'd been interviewing. He said, uh, you're my first interview. I said, that's amazing. You're really great. I said, 
what's going on? He said, well, I just got this job to interview successful people, and I used to own a restaurant. We got into a fight with my owners and, uh, you know, their owners, and, and I lost the restaurant. We just couldn't make it work. And so he said, I quit. I had to sell my car, and then my, my girlfriend left me. I had no money. I'm couch surfing, meaning I'm surfing, you know, just sleeping on her friend's couches. I said, John, how much money do you have? He said, $2.38. I said, I'm going to give you a $20 bill. I'm going to buy you a book from the bookstore. I didn't have one I could give him because I had to buy it from the bookstore. And I said, read this book. It'll change your life. Write me a letter if it does. So I come back to Manila two years later. In walks John in gold Doc Martin shoes because he's now, like, telling people how to get successful. And he was the number one motivational speaker in the entire Philippines. He had a house and a condo on the beach. He was at his radio show and a TV show. His workshops were filling, like, 800 to 1,000 people each. And he was you know, making over a million a year. I said, John, what happened? Oh, he had nine guys behind him, all wearing the same logo on their polo shirts. They were his staff. And he said, I read your book. He said, my life wasn't working. I decided I'm going to do everything you say for one year, no matter what. And so every week he would read a new chapter, and he would apply it. I don't, I don't know anyone who's applied every single strategy I, I write in the book and every single principle. Because not only are there stories that inspire you, the principles so you understand it, but there's also like action steps to take to apply the principle. And he said, I did everything for a year. Now, look at me. I'm a millionaire. And so basically, that, that's how readable the book is. Fifteen-year-old wrote me and said, uh, my mom bought your book. I didn't write this book for 15-year-olds. I wrote it for adults. Mm-hmm. He said, my mom bought your book. She never buys a book. Never. I said, well, I wonder what's in that book that she thought it was so valuable to buy. So he read the book in two days. And he said, I was getting F's and D's in school. I was smoking marijuana. I was drinking alcohol. I was ditching classes. I was getting into trouble with these kids who were delinquents. And he said, now I'm getting A's and B's. I'm going to all my classes. I don't smoke dope anymore. And I'm not drinking alcohol. Thank you for your book. So if it can reach a 15-year-old, reach a homeless person, which it did, a guy with typical brain injury that could only read at the third grade level and his wife reading the book, and he became a motivational speaker. And he, would, he couldn't even get out of bed when he got the book. So... It really is easy to read. What you'll find if you read it is you can't stop turning the pages. I love that. And on a personal note, Jack, I know you're aware enough to know that you didn't actually accomplish those things, but you certainly were a major contributing factor. How's that feel for you? Uh, it feels great. I mean, you know, I get 10 to 20 emails and letters a day. I just got a book from some guy in Sweden this morning. I got another guy sent me a tie that he started a tie company. I get books that people have written. I get poetry books where people have said, finally, I was going to write my poetry. I get invited to go to other countries. I was in Iran, and this 15-year-old said he read my book in Farsi when, it was, when he was 14, and he said, I want to go to Harvard Medical School and become a doctor. He said, I'm going to have to learn English. So when I met him a year later from when he read the first book, I was in Tehran teaching, and he comes up to me and tells me the story. And he's, I'm, I'm going to write him a letter because I went to Harvard and say, this kid belongs in there. I hope he gets in. But the point is that anybody can read the book. And I get, that happens to me all day long. And I just like, I sit there and I smile a lot. You know, my staff has to open all the letters and they, they give me the good ones. And um, <laughs> I get all these gifts that are amazing. I mean, I have over 180 books that people have signed to me because they wrote a book because they read my book. That's uh, amazing. So it's exciting. I love yeah, it. And, and speaking of gifts, you have a program that is a gift that you've created. It's called mm-hmm. the Goals Program. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. Uh, a couple of years ago, well, more than that, about 15 years ago, um, I was doing workshops for teachers and putting on this annual conference every year. And this guy, Larry Price, came and said, 
uh, I want to work for your foundation. I was basically wanted to keep the money we made so we could fund next year's conference, so I didn't want to pay taxes on it. And I was taking nothing out of it. It was just my service. And he said, I want to work for your foundation. I said, I'm not hiring. He said, you're not listening. I want to work for you. I said, you're not listening. I'm not hiring. Well, this went on back and forth for about five minutes. Finally, I said, look, if you can go and get some money to pay your salary, then I'll hire you. So he goes and he puts a grant in for $750,000 to develop a program to get people off welfare in California. Well, there were about 15 people applied for the grant. We ended up winning it. And um, we developed a program called the Goals Program, uh, Greater Opportunities and Learning System, I think it was called. And we've gotten, I think, 450,000 people off welfare in California with this program. Uh, it's uh, written at the seventh grade level. It's got black, white, and Asian people presenting, including myself. Uh, it's a video-based training that they use in welfare programs. They use it at San Quentin as a pre-release program. They use it for housing urban development people. And the coolest thing was when um, this woman signed up to be in the beta test to make sure it worked, we asked her, why did you sign up? She said, well, my daughter came to me the other day, and I said, honey, you need to do your homework. She said, I don't need to do homework. I said, why not? I'm just going to grow up and live off the county like you do. And she said, that's when I realized I wasn't modeling for my child what I needed. And so she basically said, can I take the workbook home and use it for my kids? Because nobody's teaching this in school. We're not, there's no class in this stuff. It's the most important stuff. It's more important than the five causes of the Civil War or the seven exports of Argentina, but it's not getting taught. So we developed a program, and um, I said, you know, half a million people got enough welfare because of it. That's just glorious. It's really stunningly beautiful. You're here on Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KX93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach, and we are here tonight with Jack Canfield. We'll be right back. After this short break. Who is this Jimi Hendrix? Who are you talking about? Jimmy something from Jimmy Witherspoon? Yeah. Nobody knew who you were. Jimmy. 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 Who is this Jimmy? Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy. 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 Who is this Jimmy? Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy. 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 Who is this Jimmy? Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy. 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 Who is this Jimmy? Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy
Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX 93.5 FM. And I have the extreme pleasure of spending some time with Jack Canfield tonight. Jack, welcome back to Inner Journey. Talk about living your passion. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it's fine. I said thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I think passion is important. You know, everybody has been super successful. You watch people on TV when they win awards, people that are, you know, out there doing big things. They're passionate about what they do. They can't wait to get up and do it. I mean, people, I'm 70. People always say, well, when are you going to retire? I said, I'm not. You know, um, I plan to be doing this until the day I don't take another breath. And, uh, I mean, I take vacations. I have a balanced life. But I can't imagine not doing this. It's just too much fun. And so uh, whatever your passion is, and as we talked about earlier, you can take a passion like surfing and turn it into a profession. Um, And so it's important that you love what you do and that you access that part of you that loves it. A lot of people are living in resignation, and they're living in kind of this turned-off state where they're not very excited about anything. That's really sad. And what we want is for everyone to be doing what they love and doing it in a way that brings value to others. I think Brian Tracy said recently, if you want to make more money, create more value for more people. So find out what you love to do and how it can benefit other people, whether it's teaching golf or, you know, weaving, or like me, I, you know, my pa- I get to actually sit here and talk to people like you, talk to you. And that's just so cool. I get to pick your brain and ask you anything I want. I am so privileged to be able to do this. That's and I, true. And we all are. Yeah, and it, the more we realize it, the more we really, really get to actually roll in it and revel in it. And we'll be right back with more Jack Canfield and Inner Journey with Greg Friedman after this short break. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman here on KX 93.5 FM, community-supported radio in Laguna Beach. You can catch us on CoCreatorRadioNetwork.com, and if you want to find out more about life coaching or journeys all over the world, go to GregFriedman.com and give us a like on Facebook. We truly, truly appreciate it when you guys do that. Facebook, we are Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. We are here tonight with Jack Canfield. I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask everybody at the end of every show. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would feel remiss in not sharing with our listening audience? Well, the only thing I'd be remiss is that, you know, the thing I like to say at the end of these things is you have everything you need inside of you to do anything you want. Now, you may have to learn a new skill. You may have to partner up with some other people. You may have to borrow some money to start a business, whatever. But the reality is, you're not able to have a dream or desire without the capacity to make it come true. It just doesn't happen. And so basically believe in your dreams, follow your heart, don't give up, and, uh, you know, learn as much as you can, respond to feedback. You know, most people are afraid of feedback, but the fact is feedback is how you get better. So ask for feedback. Best question I ever learned was on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the quality of our relationship, my business, this product, this service, whatever, Anything less than a 10, ask this question. What would it take to make it a 10? Do that with your spouse, your lovers, your children, your, your students, your employees, your employers. Uh, and if you do that, your life will become very, very magical very quickly. That's gorgeous. Again, another beautiful statement. Thank you very much. And thank you, Jack. It's been educational. It's been illuminating. And it's been a lot of fun. I truly appreciate you taking out the time. Once again, the book is called The Success Principles, and if people want to get it right now, there's a screaming deal. Jack, what is that deal? I just go to thesuccessprinciplesbook.com, and you're going to get five bonuses downloaded to you, and they're worth over $100, and the book's only fifteen forty if you order it through us. It'll take you to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And, um, you know, and it, it, it's, it, I promise you it'll change your life, and if it doesn't, send the book to me. Or if you don't have the book anymore, just write me. We'll we'll send you back your money. Beautiful. Jack, I just want to thank you very much for coming on to Inner Journey and sharing your wisdom. I personally just appreciate hanging out with you and spending some time. Thank you. Okay, thanks a lot, Greg. Take care, buddy. If you've got more questions and we weren't able to get to you, please feel free to email us at greg at gregfriedman.com. If you want to check out more about life coaching, same place, gregfriedman.com, and our Facebook page is Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. I am incredibly fortunate to have Danny Donaire as our production coordinator. He is an author in his own right. He's written a book called Seven Years in Seven Days, A Life of Now. It's excellent. It's accessible. It's useful. Little tiny nuggets that you could apply easily every single day. If you want to find him, he's on Facebook as well. It's Danny Donair, and Donair is spelled D-O-N-A-Y-R-E. I cannot begin to thank all of you enough. As I've said before, this show doesn't exist without your participation. For that and so, so much more, I am hugely grateful. You've been listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. Good night. I am Subon Pusome, and you have been listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.